Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Blog Talk Radio. On tonight's episode of Confession Session. Omarosa thinks her comments of never voting for Trump in a million years will get her invited to the barbecue. Uh, no. Cardi B Instagram comments got the Crips threatening her life, and Matthew Knowles, Beyonce dad, used to believe white was right in life. What's good, y'all? This your host, Angel Vandrina. And I'm your host, John Othello, and you are listening to the one and the only Confession Session! I will use the honk, but it's not close to me right now, so... <laughs> Whatever. Aww. <laughs> Aww, I like the honk. I love the honk. How you doing? I'm doing good, chilling, being ugly, um, off of work. How and, you know, it was work, so, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know how, like, the older people be, but, you know, I mean, it was chill, mm-hmm, cool, right. busy, but, you know, wasn't stressful. So as long as I don't get stressed the fuck out and question my whole <laughs> existence, you know, that's a good day for me, you know coins and that's it how about for yourself how has how was your weekend my weekend was pretty laid back i didn't go to work friday because um it was just snowing and i wasn't going to be driving spending like two and a half hours just to drive to work like no that's not going to happen so it was a good choice for me to stay home besides we got a call that morning at like five twenty seven a.m that says that you know my son he wouldn't be at school today so it was Perfect. And I literally laid in the bed like almost all day Friday. It was so great. It was just wonderful. <laughs> Saturday, didn't do too much. Went grocery shopping like normally. Um, yeah, did some clothes, caught up on some schoolwork. And today, I just did a little bit relaxed and took the dog to the groomers. Um, yeah, not too much of anything. Got some food, and that's it. Now today, I'm just getting ready and prepared to go back to work tomorrow. It's been snowing so much. I'm not trying to complain, but damn. Like, come on. Enough is enough. <laughs> but I'm not going to complain, y'all. It's all good. This is this is Wisconsin. This is what's to expect. So, all right. Well, Jen, if you have nothing else to talk about, you sound like you've been having a good time. You sound very well rested, you know, but, I mean, you don't want to tell us about that, so. Um, I haven't got any sleep. Actually, my sleep has been a horrible, nigga, because uh, <laughs> I have been listening to, um, we talked about the podcast, Atlanta Monster, and so my scary yeah. ass, yeah, did, I, did I talk oh about this God. on the show already? Like, I, I just was afraid as fuck, like, going to sleep, you know, after listening <laughs> to the podcast, and then, you know, I watched, like, dumbass watch some serial killer documentaries, which I never do, unlike you. And, you know, I was just out here just terrified, scared, hearing creaking noises in my house. And, you know, so I have not had a good night's sleep. So um, yesterday 
I just went and I told Chris, I was just like, look, babe, I know you get hot, but we're going to have to open a window, you know, turn on the AC, do something. Well, we got to close this door because I can't sleep because I'm thinking about somebody's <laughs> going to be looking at me while I'm knocked the fuck out. You know, I'm just terrified. I'm a, a scary motherfucker. And um, yeah, so I mean, we closed the door and I got like a good night's sleep. But still, well, what door was know. it? The front door or your bedroom door? My bedroom door, of course. Nigga, what you mean? <laughs> of course my whole <laughs> house would be locked the fuck up. <laughs> but it's just like, Chris is one of those people, like, he can sleep with the door. He prefers to sleep with the door open, like, and I don't. And then it was just and you on top the door of that. No, I didn't like it. But it was like, oh, okay. you know, it's a mental thing. Like, I know nobody's gonna dumb enough to break in my house. I mean, niggas are stupid, but, you know, I, I pity somebody that's going to... You know, <laughs> try to break into my house. Break into my shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just like, you know, I'm scary, but I would try and kill a nigga. Like, I really scared as fuck, and I would still try to kill somebody. Like, but, um, yeah, I closed the door. I prefer to have the door closed, you know, so uh, we did. And, you know, I was just knocked the fuck out. You, you probably know? shouldn't watch movies like that anymore. And doc- I can't. And like, I just decided, I was just I like, you know what? I'm not. Like, really? <laughs> Yeah, like I just decided. I was like, I'm not gonna listen to Atlanta Monster for like two weeks, and I just can't it's watch really that. It's not even scary anymore. Like he's talk- so, John, are you he? It's not that scary. All he's doing right now is talking to him, and why he's in jail. And besides, I think that he definitely did do it. Like not to say whatever, okay, but did you see no. that list okay. that I posted on? What list? I just posted a list on Facebook. It was a list of all the serial killers and their zodiac signs. Do you know Gemini is on there eight times and Virgo is on there ten times? Out of all the Do you know his killers, sign? Is he a Gemini? Yes, he is a Gemini. He's a murderer. Uh, okay, he's a weirdo. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, so no. as soon as I came in. Also, I wanted to say, so did you listen to the last episode? The mm-hmm, one that came yeah. out on Friday? So um, you, and you still believe that he did it? I don't, I, don't, I, was just, I don't know if I listened to the episode on Friday. No, I don't think I did. I listened to it uh, on Monday at work. Oh, okay. Well, well tell me, anyways, tell me that, so. on the last episode, like, they had brought up, um, it was a, a guy who they feel like could be, like, a key witness, but he never really got in, investigated. Like, nobody really asked him. And he said that he felt like in the 70s he was almost a victim, but he didn't realize until he was older, like, how much of a, of a compromising situation he's put in because at the time when it happened to him, like it wasn't like this national attention, but he said he was on his way to work and um, he missed the bus. And he said, this black guy approached him um, and it was similar. He had similar attributes um, to Wayne Williams, but he was slim. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he had on glasses. And he said that he didn't have blemishes. And Wayne Williams was like, was he was a chubby kid, he had glasses and he had blemishes. And like they had said, like if he didn't have any glasses, like Wayne Wayne Williams was like me. Like that motherfucker be out here blind, like not being able to function. Mm. So um he said that the guy was like, you know, um I can give you a ride if you need a ride. He said he got a ride with him. He said um the guy passed him like a joint and he smoked it and he said it was like his first time so he don't know if it was like another drug in it. But he said that mm. he had later came on to um smoking weed later he said he's never ever since even when he's smoked weed um he's never experienced a high like the high the first time he tried it when he was in the car with the guy so he think like the guy did put something in the weed and then um 
he said the guy like started rubbing his leg and he said that the direction that he was going, because he worked at Six Flags, I forgot the name of the town, but I want to say, isn't there like a Six Flags in, in Stone Mountain um, or something no, like that? No, in Georgia? no, no, one Six Flags. Oh, yeah, I, yeah <laughs> right, the one in Chicago, yep. or Gurney Mills. But um, but it's like a Six Flags in Georgia, and he and he worked at the Six Flags, you know, outside of Atlanta. And um, he said that the direction that he was going in, that basically – he could have been taking him to his job, but he was like, it was like this, this cross section where he was like a stoplight. And he was like, either if he would have made a right, he was like, the guy would have been taking him directly to his job. But if he would have made a left, he said, the guy would have been taking him to no man's land. And he said, something just told him to get out the car. And he, um, he said, he started like fumbling, trying to get out the car. And he said like his, um, he had a fro at the time. He was like, and everybody had a fucking fro and the pit got stuck mm-hmm. on to, um, onto the seatbelt and he said that um the guy didn't try to stop him nothing and he said he like unbuckled himself he jumped out the car he said before he jumped out the car he said something that always stuck with him he said the guy smiled and was like bye randy like that shit he knew is scary his name. huh he he knew the guy's he name. name he did no he did not the he didn't know the guy that gave him the ride but the the guy that gave him a ride knew his name he was like bye randy like creepy, but, I mean, to me, that just looks like it's somebody who did some research. He, you know, had been following him for a while, probably been to where he worked at, knew that he was to either go to no man's land or to work, like, either or how about the car ASAP. Nigga, that makes you no know, sense. Like, if you stalk, like, what, what would be the point of stalking somebody like, that you don't know? People are crazy. Unless you People had ill crazy. intentions. Exactly. exactly. And he had ill intentions, and he said that something told did. him yeah, and he said that something told him that he he felt like he would have never looking back on it if he would have stayed in that car, he would not have took him to his job. And he said something just told him to get out the car, and he got out the car. And then he was like, the fact that like the guy was just like you know, because I feel like okay, even if okay, if I see somebody, because clearly the guy was gay, and then listening to it and um, him speaking about it. Sorry, we got to get into the show a little bit. But, like, listening to him, like, the guy speaking, and, you know, I'm not trying to stereotype, but I assume that it was a gay man as well. So maybe, like, they seen each other, like, he saw him, he thought the guy was, like, kitty gay bride, whatever. It's like if you know, I was single, and even I would never do shit like that, just randomly pick up somebody, but if I was one of those, like, you know, perverted, young, dumb, you know, and somebody clearly was like freaked out, you know, and I feel like it's freaked out. And, you know, I was just trying to talk to the motherfucker and be nice. I'd be like, I'm nothing to do to you. Like, I'm just going this way. Like, I would have said something. And the fact that he just watched him like struggle and, you know what I'm saying, and get creeped <laughs> out and not do nothing about it, to me, that's just a sign, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really felt And it's just like, to me, I was just thinking, like, damn, like, um, niggas be really close to death and don't even fucking realize it. Like, if he would have mm-hmm. sat in that car, he could have potentially been killed. And then he said when he got the car, he was out of it anyways. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he would not really have been able to fight back nothing. Like, it, yeah. it's just... And so, like, listening to that and then watching, like, the serial killer documentaries, I was just spooked in my house, scared as fuck, nigga. 
and I just can't fuck with it. Like, I just, my nerves too bad, like, you know, and it's a great podcast, but I got to lay off of it for, you know, a couple of weeks (laughs) before I get, while I get my nerves together and relax and not be ugly, but nigga, yes. (laughs) But let's move on to the show. I back listen to it in March. You said what? I said, start back listening to it in, like, March. Okay, exactly, exactly. That's what I'm going to have to do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, if you haven't heard, check it on out, Atlanta Monster. It is crazy. It's crazy. Um, And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Tumblr, SoundCloud, and, of course, this podcast from Blog Talk. Send us your confessions at confession2us at gmail.com. Don't forget, like, comment, rate, and subscribe, and tag us in that drama. Jen, why don't you go ahead and hit them with that confession question of the day? Confession question. Confession question. If you <laughs> have a good partner, but they cheat once early in the relationship, do you stay or do you go again? If you had a good partner, but they cheated early on in the relationship, would you still be with that person? And let's move on to those confessionals. That's right. Let's move on to those confessionals. So recently, Matthew Knowles, the father of Beyonce, has spoken up about the dangers of colorism and his unfortunate past experience with it, as the Washington Post points out. The former manager of Destiny's Child and a current professor at Texas Southern University, Knowles admitted to Ebony that he grew up believing light-skinned black women were better than darker-skinned counterparts. According to Vibe.com, a week after talent manager Matthew Knowles made headlines for a comment on how colorism shaped his views as a young boy growing up in the Deep South, the 56-year-old has returned to further clarify his remarks. During an interview with Page 6 TV, Knowles expanded upon his forthcoming book, Racism from the Eyes of a Child, by stating that the passage stems from his point of view and shouldn't be pinned to his daughters, Beyonce and Solange Knowles. My life is based on this book, getting a broad range of people to begin dialogue about racism, Knowles said. My daughters are mentioned once in this book. This book is not about my daughters. This book is about how I feel and the role that I'm sharing with my audience of racism and how it affected me. He added he never had a discussion about colorism with his daughter or other members of Destiny's Child because he felt that's not a conversation that I thought they needed to be a part of. In an interview with Ebony Magazine, that sparked this conversation. Noel said his mother used to tell him not to bring a nappy-haired black girl home and experience the brown paper bag test when he went was he when he was a student at the in early in the early 70s. I have a chapter in my book that talks about rage. Noel said I talked about going to therapy and shaping and sharing one day I had a breakthrough that I used to date mainly white women or very high-complexion dark women or black women um, that looked white. I actually thought when I met Tina, my former wife, that she was white. Later I found out that she wasn't, and she was actually very much in tune with her blackness. Knowles also shared that he was working on his next book that will focus on untold stories behind the award-winning group, Destiny's Child. He remained tight-lipped on whether or not Passage will feature interviews from all its members. Jeanne, what did you think about uh, Matthew Knowles and his upbringing? Um, it's not surprising. You know, that is something that you hear all the time. And it sucks, 
like hearing that from, you know, a black man, like especially a dark skinned black man. Because um, to me, I look at it as ultimately like this is how you feel about yourself. And, you know, I'm not going to disrespect, you know, the queen's grandmama, but it's just like, like, Clearly, you got an ignorant ass mama for you to tell something, to tell your children that, like, don't bring home anybody dark skin. But it's it's not. Like I said, I've talked about this a million times, you know, on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, black people of that time, they kind of looked at, you know, lighter complexions as better. And even now, you know, you still have some people that, that think about that dumb yeah. shit when they're, you know, trying to procreate and, you know, getting married. They, they want to make sure like their children has good hair and light skin and well, quote unquote good hair because all hair is great if you take care of it um, and light skin. But yeah, like I said, it, it you know, it, it, I'm not surprised by it. It just sucks, you know, but I'm glad that, you know, when he got with Tina knows that, you know, she taught his ass and, you know, <laughs> let him know, like, I'm a proud black woman. I am proud of where I came from. You need to don't come at me with that ignorant bullshit. And then, you know, I, I remember, <laughs> I don't know if we talked about um, Solange on the show, but Solange has spoke out, like, about colorism and, and how it affected, like, her immediate family. And she said that she felt like her mother will always, you know, she would speak boldly about her blackness, I think, because people weren't too sure about her race. And, you know, she she felt like it was kind of like an insecurity with her of overcompensating, you know, and, and that's just like two sides of a double headed sword. I feel like a lot of times yep. that that is the issue with, you know, being light skinned. I, I feel like a lot of them of that time probably wish they were darker. I know hearing that from my stepmother who's light-skinned, like, she would always say that, you know, that she was, like, she would look at me, she'd be like, I, w- I swear I wish I was your complexion, you know, when I was younger. Um, because, I mean, it, it's tough, I'm sure, you know. And then the same thing with being dark-skinned, you know. A lot of them wish that they were lighter, but, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate. And I hope that, you know, nowadays people are raising their children to let them know that if you are black, you are a Negro regardless. No matter how light you are, no matter if you look like Mariah Carey or you look like Whoopi Goldberg, they view your black ass the same. <laughs> and you should embrace that and love that mm-hmm. because you are beautiful regardless. If you are an ugly motherfucker, you're just an ugly motherfucker. It has nothing to do with complexion. You're just an ugly bitch. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but, I mean, what did you take from it? I thought it was sad that, you know, like you said, a man and his complexion, his mother would tell him not to bring home a, a, a person that was potentially hurt, you know. You know, you're telling your son not to bring home a woman like you. So mm-hmm. what is how does that make you feel about yourself? You know, it sounds crazy. Um, like John said, everybody want to be somebody they're not. You know, you're dark, you want to be light, you're light, you want to be dark, you know, but just <laughs> – like Jen said, be yourself because at the end of the day, we all are the same, all in the mm-hmm. same category. So it it makes no sense to want to define yourself as something that's not really important, you know, at the end of the day. But, yeah, it sucks that he, he was brought up on that. But I also feel like he should have discussed colorism with his kids, you know, maybe not Destiny's child, you know, all of them because those are not his kids, but with his daughters, he should have. But thankfully, Tina... She was well in tune, so she let her daughters know what the deal is. 
and that's beastie. But he was real ignorant, like, you know, because of the way his mom made him, like, even thinking that Tina was a white woman, you know, like. Right, and I'm like, how could you look at, but I'm like, how could you look at her and think she's a white woman? I guess coming from my family, it's just like, I, you know, I, I have black people of all colors and spectrum, but it's like, clearly she doesn't look white, like, biracial, <laughs> sure, you know, but it's just like, no, like, I would not have in a million years have looked at her and was just like, yeah, this is a white woman. Like, I'm so happy. I got a white right. girl. Like, no, like <laughs> clearly she's black, but I don't know. But he was from right. what, like Alabama or something. So he probably did have a lot of those insecurities. Yeah. And he probably was around a lot of people that identified as white, but probably were passing or from families that passed and, you know, were, were, can't come from black people or may not have known it because, you know, a, a lot of the flyover states that is what's going on. They, I was actually um, listening. I want to say I was listening to a podcast or did I read about that? I, but I, I want to say I was listening to a podcast, but they were saying that like a lot of, you know, people in middle America, they're getting pissed because they're, you know, with the whole thing with the genealogy and DNA testing, that's becoming like this big, you know, big hit because it's just like people want to know about their roots. They want to know where they come from. And a lot of them are discovering that they have black ancestry, you know, and they're like these hardcore races, but then yep. they're looking at mm-hmm. it as like people trying to, um, you know, like mainstream trying to, you know, do something to white supremacy or like hate on white supremacy. But it's just like, no, you're black. Like, and you, you didn't know it, but you know, if, if, they had no, this great, shit around. Great, 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 great right, it don't matter. You got one draft. You're sugar. still, you still are a nigger in their eyes. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're gonna go ahead and move on to that next topic. Absolutely. Next topic. Following the death of her, and this is according to Fox. Um, com. But following the death of her former manager, Rose McGowan has commented on the tragic loss and her story's role in the event. McGowan posted a note to Instagram addressed to Jill Missick, who committed suicide at age 50 on February 8th. Prior to her death, Missick's name was in the public eye after Weinstein's lawyer allegedly, without her permission, released an email sent um, she sent him in which she appears to defend Weinstein against McGowan's rape allegations. This was after McGowan made public claims that Missick did little to help her following the alleged 1997 rape incident, a claim that Missick's family denies. Uh, for Jill, may your family find some measure of silence during this pain, McGowan wrote in the caption of, uh, that one man could cause so much damage is astounding but tragically true. The bad man did this to us both. May you find peace on the astral plane. May you find serenity with the stars. Um, as previously reported, Mexican's family revealed that she was undergoing a long-time battle with bipolar disorder and depression. In a lengthy statement to the Hollywood Reporter, they claimed that her inadvertent involvement in McGowan's allegations against the now-disgraced Hollywood mogul played a big role in her death. Uh, Jill was victimized by our new culture of unlimited information sharing and willingness to accept statement as fact. The speed of decimating Information has carried mistruths about Jill as a person, which she was unable and unwilling to challenge. She became collateral damage in an already horrific story, they said. The family went on to explain that Missick 
uh, filed a protocol at her company in 1997 and fought for action on behalf of her client, McGowan. However, in her book, Brave, and in recent TV appearances, the former Scream star notes that her manager and others were unhelpful at the time. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. I don't, you know, it, it's just like, you know, you, you just killed yourself. Well, once again, she was crazy. So that's sad. You know, she. I feel like she should have been watched more closely if they knew that she had, you know, if, she was bi- if they knew she was bipolar. Just on, on a normal human being, they wouldn't be set off by, you know what I'm saying, people. You know, they'd be pissed off, obviously, but they wouldn't be like, you know what, this happened to me, this is the last straw, I'm just going to. Just commit suicide. And then the fact that they wouldn't even tell us the method that she used to commit suicide is very telling, too. Mm. And I'm not sure if you realize that. So that's deep. But it's sad. She should have been watched more. Harvey is just causing a whole bunch of people just a whole bunch of grief. And he just sitting back chilling like, hmm, good, another witness down. Like, no, bro. He's going to get his. But anyway. Yeah. What do you think on yeah. this? Um, I think that is unfortunate, but I think um, a lot of times, I think that ultimately she got exposed for, you know, being just another person in Hollywood that laid down and dealt Mm -hmm. with it because you wanted to advance your career, you know, and God bless the dead, you know, and it's unfortunate that she had to endure the backlash from that. But if you knew that this happened, why would you continue to defend this person? You know, I mean, if you, to me, looking at it, you know, I would have just, you know, stayed clear of it, you know, and and maybe not not tried to work with him, you know, and and him being like a a powerful person, I understand, you know, because he's, you know, has made so many careers, you know, possible, but at the same time, it's just like if you know that he's doing this to get people's to advance people's careers, and this is the kind of person that he is, and clearly she's not lying, and she has no right. reason to lie. And I feel like that's partly because thinking about it, it's like Rose McGowan was popping, like she was popping at a time, and it's just like what happened to her, you know, in her career. And you know, maybe this was it. You know, maybe she just wasn't with it, and you know, he may have ultimately ended it. You know, and um. But her to side with him knowing the truth, you know, it, it's fucked up, you know. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. I mean, she's not here anymore, so you can't really go in on her. But, and I'm not going to say that she got what she deserved either, or, you know, or, or no, any kind of bad person statement like that. But it's just, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, what, what more can you really say? You know, she was okay with the man ruining women's lives to advance herself, so you know, and she agreed with it. You know. But this is a teach you a lesson. Like just stay out of the way, honey. Like you ain't gotta be fake. Just happens. stay they ain't got happen. shit to do with yep. you. Cause you know they try they trying to put it with, <laughs> with Hillary Clinton. They trying to put it on, on Oprah Winfrey. You know, they trying to put it on Meryl Streep. You know what I'm saying? But they just <laughs> honey, they was just Moving, you know, moving and grooving. You know, they wasn't agreeing with it. They was just, you know, out the way. That's all. That's all. You know. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And like John said, just move out the way because this this happens. 
I'm sure it's still happening. Everybody's just a little less cautious about the way it's happening because this is a popular discussion, you know, especially with all the movements and, you know, things like that. But, woo, it's crazy. So much drama, y'all. All right, speaking of drama, let's move on to the next topic. Okay, so according to DailyMail.com, Cardi B, Barty, Cardi found herself the target of gang threats on Tuesday after dissing the notorious L.A. Crips on Instagram. The 25-year-old, who claims to have been a member of the rival blood since she was 16, threw shade by wearing a certain shade. The rapper posted a pic of herself wearing a fur coat of blue. Famous, it was very fabulous, and you know, she said that she didn't really prefer the color, but, you know, she kind of picked, uh, picked a little bit at the at the caption. Overall, this is what she wrote. She said, I hate wearing flu, F-L-U-E, but this coat was too popping. Flu is a word that the bloods, they use instead of blue, so they don't have to say the name of the color associated with their bitter enemies. According to TMZ, her account was immediately flooded with threats from gangs, some calling her opposed to West Coast suicide while others warn her, do not come to L.A. The Bodak Yellow Hitmaker was uh, was not afraid to stir up a little drama, but eventually she turned her comments off the post, deleting everything that had been written. Cardi is too in L.A. next week for the NBA All-Star Game, which many of the commenters noted. Besides the game, she also had her one-year anniversary with um, her in her relationship between her and her fiancé Offset to celebrate this month. So she got a whole lot of things coming up, and she is still, uh, you know, talking. She's still, you know what? She's still talking, talking shit. Yeah. Just like just you know, cause you are you twenty five. You got so much positive things going on, and you worried about some crips and blood shit. Like, girl, yeah. you are rich. Yeah. Fuck the dumb shit. Like, exactly. That shouldn't even be in your mindset. Go out mm-hmm. there and be a better you. You ain't got time to be, you know, fucking around with no damn people who are saying. I mean, you on Instagram talking about I'm a crip. They're like, bro, you on Instagram. And Cardi B, like that's so they they be so serious and they be so ridiculous. Yeah. And people they comment like, we know you gonna be here too. Like I'm gonna need her to be safe now because that shit crazy. Yeah. No, because I mean, because that and it's it's not only is it it's cra- it's serious. You know what I'm saying? Like you are going yep. to a place where like gang gangs are life, and you saying some disrespectful shit like that. Even if you, I mean, I don't know if she's real life of blood or if she ever was a blood or if it's just something cute because a lot of celebrities, they, you know, <laughs> pretend to be a part of that culture because they know a couple of hitters and got some hitters on their payroll and, you know, they allow them to move a certain way. But like you said, if you are of a certain, you know, status affluence, you know, it's like Cardi B, you're not this, you know, this stripper that's, talking shit on Instagram no more. Like, you're a, a solidified A-list rapper now. You know, you have to be careful of, like, the language that you use. You know, if you know that flu is a derogatory term, like, exactly. why would you say exactly. some shit like that? Like, you know, I, I just I just felt like the whole comment was unnecessary. And I was telling my homeboys this today because we was talking about it. And I was just like, 
I, I'm I'm disappointed in her continuing because people keep giving her like chances of you know Cardi B like you popping now you can't be doing that you can't be saying certain shit and you know I know she does get like a lot of backlash you know and a lot of people hating on her I'm sure you know and trying to figure out why she, she has become she the person care. that she That's has become. Now. Say that one more time. Yeah, but she just doesn't care. Like, even exactly. if you're like, girl, you know, you got to stop working like that. Bitch, I'm 25. I'm rich. I don't give a fuck. Like, no, stop. Right, because you're going to end up damaging right your career. Like, I mean, that's what yeah. it is. Like, you got unnecessary drama. Like, and they're saying that she's going to be for her security or whatever, but it's just like the fact that you even have to worry about that. To me, it's crazy, and it's just like, we not going to forget, like, Tupac and Biggie, motherfuckers will really off your ass and not give a fuck how big you yeah. are if they are paid to. So it's just like, why would you even put yourself in that situation, especially knowing that you're going to L.A.? Like, it, it, it's just so unnecessary, so ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cardi, like, you are, whether you want to accept it or not, you keep doing this, you haven't dropped off the face of, face of the earth yet. It's not like you just went into... And, and shut down all your social medias and, and forfeited your record deal. You are big time. Like you are mainstream now. You have to move different. Like you have to. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And the fact to me that she, like you said, that she put herself in a situation is messed up. But now you're talking about beefing up your security. You you making dumb moves as far as revenue. You got to pay these extra men. You putting their lives in danger. To protect you because you doing some dumb shit because because you did what because you said one dumb word like you're 25 and saying young still you don't you know you just get in that mindset where you start to know better but come on now like uh, this is enough move differently like Jen exactly. said it makes no sense it makes no sense um, but other than that Jen do you have anything else to say to our little sister? Exactly, and nothing, honey. Like we want you to win. Like that's that's all. And mm-hmm. and I feel like, and that's like overwhelmingly the majority. Like people want to see Cardi win, but you gotta stop doing this shit. Like you are getting at that level where it's just like it's getting annoying. You know, you're not the mm-hmm. underdog no more. Whether you feel like you are, you're not. Like you know, what I'm saying it's these new bitches coming in trying to get in your position. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you literally are the hottest rapper, hottest female rapper right now. Like, you're hotter than Nicki Minaj. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to relax. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Well, we can move on. Yeah. That's it. All right, so. <laughs> According to VLATTV.com, Amorosa Manigault Newman's uh, debut on Thursday night's episode of Big Brother Celebrity Edition proved to be a dramatic one that saw the former senior advisor to President Trump in tears over the way things played out during her tenure in the nation's capital and what likely provided a glimpse into what the public can expect to read about in a perspective tell-all book. Manigault Newman opened up on how difficult it was to actually advise the president. After hearing her layman about the anxiety his reckless tweets put her through, Casimir Ross Ross Matthews raised an inquiry into whether there was anyone confronting Trump about the nature of his public relations. I mean, I tried to be that person, and then all of the people around him attacked me, she responded. 
It did eventually become common knowledge that those closest to the president gradually imparted distance between him and his former apprentice underling. In fact, news reports pretty much cited John Kelly, letting it be known that he intended to keep Manigault Newman and others out of the boardroom as his first order of business upon accepting the chief of staff position over the summer. But since her departure from the office of public liaison, liaison post, it has come to light that she wasn't very well accepted by such parties as Jerry Kushner, the Ivanka Trump in the first place. When asked why she accepted the position in spite of the controversy that followed it, Manny Gaunt Newman said she felt it was her duty, not, um, not to her former television boss, but to the country. Also, I want to note that she said that she would not vote for Donald Trump in a million years, and she also compared Bill Cosby um, to um, Keisha and I Pulliam supporting Bill Cosby and everything that he's went through with his sexual assault allegations to supporting Trump. But yeah. <laughs> oh, Rosa is crazy. Okay. She be saying shit all over the world. She would never do this. And she up there crying out. This is crying because she knows she fucked up. Like, she is not invited to the barbecue. She is not invited to the White House. Like, she thought about it anywhere. And she be she did the most. And like I feel like, okay, she needs to stop trying to make herself relevant by continuing to talk and get interviews about Donald Trump old bitch ass. Like we don't want to hear any of that. Like at all. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna feel sorry for her because she knew this was coming. She knew that she what did she think she was gonna do? Like I don't know what she thought was gonna happen, but like <laughs> She's crazy. I'm a relative crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know who these people are. Like, you know, like, she was going to get in the White House and change the world. Like, be the first black cone up in the White House. Talking that shit. Like, no. No, girl. They, they she is a, a, a live breathing example of karma is a bitch. <laughs> what goes around comes the fuck around. Like, you literally forgot about yeah, a whole group of people, your whole demographic, so you could advance yourself. If you didn't give a fuck because you were fucking a man? <laughs> you thought that you had some superiority? You thought that he respected you? You dumb whore. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what to say. It's I'm just so disappointed because I feel like Amorosa... You know what I'm saying? Like, she really could have her whole life in general. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it sounds like she comes from unfortunate circumstances, and she was able to thrive and, you know, go on to go to Howard University and go into law school, and she made something out of herself. But she used all that to, to do this evil shit, you know? So, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just, ultimately, I'm disappointed in, in that, that you could have been something great and you're a reality star, you know, and I have to admit, I do want to see her on there. I, I do want to see some of the conversations, but it's just like, damn, you know, but now I, I do hope that she, she does throw, I don't know if she had to sign any NDAs or if she risked chance of being sued, but I do hope that she throws the whole administration under the, under the bus and, you know, provide us some more information to help get this man impeached because she has no loyalty to anybody. But at the same time, nobody has any loyalty to her. You know, we, we were more down for her than that administration will, would have ever been, honey. But nobody's fucking with you now. 
Miss Manny Gone. Like you're done. You're done. That's it. You know, just oh, collect your coins. Oh, she get information to get him impeached. You, she you yeah. might. You know that she she got to might look at the phone. But she got to look cute. Check from Big Brother. Hopefully, honey, you. You said what? <laughs> so you might think about sending that invitation. Right. <laughs> okay, honey. Okay. But it's like you got a little cute check for Big Brother. Hopefully you invest your coins correctly. But uh, I can't see you ever working in nobody's town. I can't see you working in Glendale, Wisconsin. You know, I can't see you being in the administration in Kentucky. Like, no, like maybe bartending somewhere, honey. But yeah. Did we have more work behind the counter? And what can I get right. you today, sweetie? Like what? Make, making no, drinks slow as hell you. with an attitude. You know, oh, you know she got a thing attitude too. Making them drink slow as hell, like uh-uh. <laughs> under porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to that uh, hot topic, y'all. So, our confession question of the day: If you have a good partner. But they cheat once early in the relationship. Do you stay or do you go? Lojan, do you stay or do you go? I go because um, I feel like if it's early on in the relationship, like we have not established, you know, that love to even if we may have thought it was to even, you know, deal with some bullshit like that. Now, if it was, you know, I found out about cheating you know, five years down the line, you know, the first six months to a year into the relationship, you know, I, of course I would be pissed and I really would be like, oh, so my hunch is really, when I was acting crazy, you trying to make it seem like I was crazy and I'm, you know, I may blow up and, you know, maybe want to lay hands and feet some, you know, my partner, but oh, like, ultimately like I probably... Loving hip hop, Miami. I keep hearing that. about that, but um, I haven't seen it, but yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I, I, I probably if if it was early on in the relationship and it wasn't like an ongoing thing, you somehow stopped. Even though I, I have a hard time believing that if somebody got away with cheating, that they felt that bad to where they wouldn't do it anymore. Um, I probably would forgive the person because I mean it, it happened years ago, so. But at the same time, I would have a hard time trusting them, and then I would be a bad person as well to feel some sort of like that's what you get. So it's just like, why even open up that can of worms? Like, why even deal with that? Well, you don't have to. You know, just act right if you really want to be with somebody. If you don't, live your life. But yeah, what about you? Um, I think that there's a lot of factors that play into part here. It depends on who you're asking this question to first. In our case, we're older, we're adults, you know, you are in a long-term relationship, I'm married. Um, at this point in time, like, she early on in the relationship. Now, um, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like it's, every situation and circumstance is different. You know what I'm saying? You have to look and see why, you know, they were cheated on and all of that stuff. Because, I mean, not that anything is better than something else, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I don't know. I probably would say, like you said, if it's like the first six months to like a year or something like that. If I was like, you know, younger and I was with like this dude, I just met him. I know I'd probably be like, boy, I don't got time for all of this, you know, but I would have had to have been like, you know, I don't know, like in my early 20s or something like that, you know, just meeting somebody. Now, if I'm a teenager, I think that 
things are just so much more different. If you're older, like me and Jen's age, and, you know, they cheat, like, no, that's absolutely not. If you're in a long-term relationship, I feel like Jen, his answer was, it would be okay. Like, you would still, like, forgive a person. Like, for cheating on you after you guys been together for, like, five years. I feel like I, I probably would come around, like, if it was just, like, a one-time situation that happened years, and it's just, like, something. I mean, I, I mean, would you really be upset if you found out, like, your husband cheated, like, on you 10 years ago? Like, of course you'd be upset, but it, would it really make yeah. you, if y'all, especially if you're in a good situation, would that really make you want to leave that person and divorce, that per, divorce him? No, I, I mean, no, I don't no, think but so. I'd be, I'd be like, why wouldn't you have told me this? Like, why would yeah. you? Tell me now, I asked you a trillion times, like, and it would just make me, yeah, it made me think about all the secrets I got, like, well, thank God I ain't something about this. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad person. <laughs> but, um, no. Anyways, yeah, I think that, yeah, I don't know, like, right now I'm married, I don't have time for cheating in my life, like, I feel like my husband was to cheat on me, or, like, I don't know, probably, like, kill him or something, because... <laughs> You gotta say that calmly, like that's like normal. (laughs) Oh, just just do a little step back, snip, snip, you know, just shock, shock. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, not serious. I don't know, guys. (laughs) Police will be looking for this evidence right here. Like, on confession session episode, she said she'd kill her husband. (laughs) Anyways, uh, that sucks. Um, I don't know. Maybe I say, maybe I go. Depends on how how much I love that person. And that's what it depends right. on. Right. It, it really depends. Yeah. It really ultimately, like, you know, don't try, <laughs> don't try your luck, nigga. But you know. <laughs> so then I wanted to ask you a question. Did you hear um what I was telling you about with the whole uh, Matthew knows and on colorism and when I mentioned the break paper uh, brown paper bag stuff? Do you know what that is? Yeah, like if you are lighter than uh, brown paper, if you are the complete bag or lighter, I believe that you were like in some sort of like you were okay and put in some sort of like club. Yep. So they had like light skin clubs mm-hmm. back in the day. They also took like a fine tooth comb, and if like you, if I think if they combed through your hair and it went straight through without getting caught, then you're okay. But I believe if you were darker than a brown paper bag, then you weren't in the club, as I well did. as the whole comb, like the hair comb thing. So, but I'm like, damn, that's wow. like that's kind of so that means you basically <laughs> what I look for, motherfuckers, <laughs> damn near white, because <laughs> a brown paper bag is not that dark for one. And then it's like, <laughs> I know, like if you got quote unquote good hair, shit, you put a comb through it, that shit will still get stuck. So it's just like, <laughs> you still will catch catch a kick or two, but. Shit out on that, but yeah, go ahead. What what were you gonna say about it? I just I just wasn't sure if you know our audience knew what it was because I know I had mentioned it and I wanted to actually expound on that, but I just thought about like oh I didn't even you know say what the brown paper te- uh, bag test was. So just in case those don't know, yesterday you hold a brown paper bag up to somebody's face. They was the color of the brown paper ba- brown paper bag or lighter. They were admitted to the clubs or whatever. You have to go back. That's it, y'all. That's it. All right, we're going to go ahead and say a quick confession quote this evening. 
Okay, guys. So you guys know it's Black History Month, and history has shown us that courage can be contagious and hope can take us on a life of its own. That's a quote from Michelle Obama, you guys. And with that being said, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in this evening. And, uh, yeah, let's get it pop a locking. You already know, pop locking, rocking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to us this evening. You guys can expect to hear from us next Thursday, February 16th, the day after Valentine's Day. So I hope you guys are already great and prepared and ready to get it popping. Tune in and listen to us at 630, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern, and we want to hear from you. So don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. This show is Andrew Mondrina. And I'm your host, John Othello. And you are listening to the one and the only Confession Session. Good night, maids. Good night, John. You're ugly. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me somebody to love? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today